0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Driving on that man's wet on the wheel It's Talking in Circles There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your hosts, Clayton Caldwell My baby I need you here And John Harlow And it's the half past four
2: and I'm shifting gear Hello everybody, welcome!
0: Talking in Circles, Clayton Caldwell and John Harlow here with you tonight we're discussing all things NASCAR. Silly season news is starting to heat up a little bit. Darian Grubb was announced as a crew chief the number 24 car next season, but he's staying put as a number five team from this year, moved to number 24 next year. We'll just explain all that. What does it mean for Hendrick Motorsports? William Byron, what kind of year do we expect from him as well? Also, uh, some news out of the Xfinity Series, some rule changes. They're expanding the package from Indianapolis this year to Pocono and Michigan. Also, Uh, We'll preview the AAA Texas 500 at Texas Motor Speedway. Who will win, who might surprise us, and as always, we'll take the phone calls at 917-889-8280 here on Talking Circles tonight. But first, John, kind of the news of the day, I guess you could say. Not really news, reports have surfaced here in the last couple of hours. Eric Amarola will be named the driver of the number 10 Ford at Stuart Haas Racing next season. It was first reported that uh, Smithfield and Stuart Haas Racing was going to have an announcement next week at Stuart Haas Racing's headquarters in North Carolina. Now it's saying that Eric Amarola is going to be the driver of that number 10 car. Um, Danica Patrick is out. That was announced a long time ago. Rumors about her future. We'll dive into that in a little bit later. But first, uh, what do you think about Amarola and Stuart Haas? Uh, this is his, by far and away, his biggest opportunity right now to be a winner in the Cup Series. How do you think he's going to do if this is indeed true that is in the car next year?
1: I think one of the things when you look at Eric Almarola, he always looked up to Tony Stewart as one of his uh, role models when it came to racing. Um, He was in the driver development program. He came through the Drive for Diversity and went to Joe Gibbs, ran uh, back then the Bush Series. Um, Learned a lot from Tony Stewart. Tony Stewart always referred to him as a good teammate. Always liked the guy. Um, Then he went to DEI, whenever it was that, and then whenever uh, Bobby Ginn got in there and screwed that whole mess up, and then found a home at Richard Petty Motorsports and ran full-time there and was respectable. Um, It is his best chance to win. I think um, we kind of had an idea this was coming for months, but it sat there quietly, and that's why I kept giving all the speculation it could be Kansas. Whenever Smithfield and Richard... Uh, yeah, Smithfield Foods and Richard Petty Motorsports announced that they had come up with a settlement. I think that probably paved the way for the announcement that Eric Almirola was locked in and Smithfield was coming to them because Smithfield does like Eric Almirola. He's uh, represented him well for the past few years. And now Smithfield's going to have a chance to get good equipment, uh, put Eric Almirola in the best ride he's ever been in in his life, and we'll see how it goes. And we also saw with the 98 car, from the Xfinity series, from Biagi Dimbesto, um racing, partnering up with Stuart Haas. And when Eric Almirola does run in the Xfinity series, he's driven for them. So, I mean, all the dominoes right. sort of added up. You were sort of hoping that there was a chance Matt Kenseth could get a good ride, but this probably is the last domino to fall to make sure Matt Kenseth doesn't really have any place to go. And sadly, we're going to lose a uh, cup champion at the end of the season. Yeah, and it's crazy to think about that. But, you know,
0: here's Amarola, and I think the ho- the holdup for this was the fact that I think there was a clause on the contract of Smithfield. Everybody, I've heard rumors about that as far as, and I, I can't confirm for sure, but there was a clause where Smithfield and Amarola couldn't leave to go to the same team, where if Smithfield left the year after they left for Petty Motorsports, they couldn't sponsor Eric Amarola, so they didn't lose their driver. And sponsor at the same time. That was their their hope with that. Um, but I think with this settlement, and after Richard Petty Motorsports found their driver in Bubba Wallace, which will probably be which will be announced, which was announced already, and his sponsor and manufacturer will be announced tomorrow at Texas. Um, you're going to see. I think when that came out, that they had settled. I think everybody said, okay, now we're ready to kind of change this. And Richard Petty said you know what, go ahead and sponsor Amarola next year. Give us a little bit of kickback next year, which they're going to do. They're going to put their logos on the car, I'm sure, at some times next year. And then they're going to go – they're going to be off that car, the 43 car in 2018, and everybody's happy. Um, So I think it's going to be Amarola in the 10 with Smithfield full-time next year. They seem to really like what um, Amarola brings to them. There was rumors it was going to be Border. There was rumors it could have been Kirk Bush. Still haven't finalized that 41 car yet. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. So Amarola in Smithfield. This is a guy who's got 11 top ten, finish, top five finishes in his career, 31 top five, top 10s. Uh, he's got a win at Daytona, a range short in July 4th race at Daytona. Um, but other than that, you know, finished 16th in points in 2014. That was his highest points finish. He's going to have to perform better than that, John, if he wants to keep this ride for a long term. Now, I say that, and this is coming off of four years of that team running with Danica Patrick, who's been in the low 20s in points. Um, what are Amarola's expectations here in this 10 car?
1: I think the expectations are win now. Um, they've, I think Stuart Haas uh, went away from Danica, because I think Danica could have pulled some sort of sponsorship uh, even Brian France said they were working to help find sponsorship for Danica, so they probably could have kept Danica in that 10 car if uh, NASCAR was trying to find sponsorship for them. But I think Eric alvarola has got to win now. I mean, he's got to at least have the year Clint Boyer had, and Clint Boyer didn't win this year yet, but he's ran well. He's run respectable. He just had some bad luck bite him. Uh, there's, I mean, how many second, how many times Clint Boyer finished second this year? Three. I mean, he's had a few top fives, a good bunch of top tens. The car ran much better than it did with Tony in the car last year. But both you and I, and I'm a big as big a Tony Stewart fan as there is, um, basically think Tony checked out, and he was done. He just did the did the uh, going away tour for his fans. I think he checked out after the Kevin Ward accident. But I think Eric Armora needs to win now. I mean, Ford's putting a lot of faith in him. Smithfield's putting a lot of faith in him. Tony Stewart and Gene Haas are putting a lot of faith in him. So he's going to have to win. They're not going to settle for a twenty-eighth place car again. No, and
0: that's why they left Stewart Haas. Uh, that's why they left Richard Petty Motorsports because I think when they originally signed that deal, they said, "Okay, we'll give you some stability here for three or four years at Richard Petty Motorsports, but we want to see some results." The team has. Struggled mightily. Um, they made a chase one year, like I said, but other than that, you know, they came close in 2015. They had disastrous 2016. Made some internal changes there. Struggled a little bit this year. Amarola breaking his back. Ended up being the uh, the dagger on that team, but they weren't probably going to make the chase anyway with the way they were running unless they rattled off some really strong runs in the second half of the year. They were about 21st when Amarola got hurt. Um, so you know, they need to perform better, no doubt about it. I think they expect to perform better. They're probably paying a little bit more money than they, what they paid at Richard Petty Motorsports to be there the last couple of years. So they're going to want to perform here. Um, and I think I'm rolling... Listen, if, it's, if he doesn't make the chase, um, or, or at least contend to make the chase, you know, I think Smithfield's going to be pretty disappointed because for three years at Richard Petty Motorsports, or two years at Richard Petty Motorsports, I should say, he competed for the chase. They didn't off year last year, like I said, but you know, he should be able to compete for the chase and do do decent things, at least be mentioned with the chase drivers. Uh, that's what Danica Patrick couldn't do in that 10 car. I don't blame the car um, on that 10 car. I think it was strictly driver. I think that's why it hasn't performed up to, to standards. Uh, I don't know if Billy Scott's going to be the crew chief here next year. I, he's a, I think he's a great crew chief. He came from Michael Walter Bracing, a former engineer. He does a lot, a lot of nice things there. Um, so I think it's a, a huge deal for him as far as you're going to a very good race team. And I think you're going to need to be in the chase conversation at least to perform. Uh, this is, I'm roll the shot here, John, you know, a lot of people have said, well, we want to see these young kids, these guys who work their way up and, you know, um, race all they do is race and take whatever they can get and get in good stuff. And then they can perform, you know, this is a guy who ran a full year at Junior Motorsports in 2011, people forget, couldn't put pull, pull together in victory lane, uh, finished a pretty disappointing fourth in points that year. but um, wasn't a horrible year. That was in 2011 in Xfinity. Uh, you know, and then he came back and ran the 2012 season um, for Richard Petty Motorsports. He had subbed for Casey Kane in nine races in 2010, and that's where Richard Petty Motorsports saw him. Um, but you know, like I said, he's got one win, but this is his opportunity. This is, there's no more poor, poor Eric Amarola after this. Um, this is his opportunity to perform. He's left four, excuse me, he's led six laps the last three seasons in the cup series. You're going to have to do better than that, John. If you want to keep Smithfield happy and keep Stuart Haas racing happy.
1: Yeah. I sort of think uh, if you're talking about the crew chief, when you talked about the crew chief thing, I think the, uh, Boiling over between Clint Boyer and Mike Bogoravich at Talladega might be the sign that Mike Bogoravich might be the crew chief on this number ten car. And Billy Scott, who crew chiefed for Clint Boyer over at Michael Waltrip Racing, may end up being the crew chief for the number fourteen next year. That might be a swap you see because of the way Boyer um, kind of blew up at Talladega. But they came back and finished second last week or third last week at Martinsville, even though it was an encumbered finish. I think Eric Almarola has worked hard to get a shot here at a good team with good equipment. And you see that Kevin Harvick runs well. You see that Kurt Busch is figuring it out. I mean, one of the things, and they even talked, I read an interview with the new uh, director of Ford performance, that it was a tough deal for Stuart Haas to make this switch because they weren't allowed to touch a Ford piece apart or anything until the end of homestead last year. And they put four teams together between middle of November and the middle of, I mean, the beginning of February. So it was a lot of work done at the shop at Stewart Haas Racing. There was no notes to go off of. So a lot of the stuff that they wound up doing this year is brand new notebook. The first time at every track, there were some issues. But as they came back the second time, you saw Kurt Busch improve. You saw Clint Boyer improve. You saw Kevin Harvick improve. You didn't see Danica improve. And I think Eric Almirola better walk in the door and do really, really well whenever he gets there because they're expecting a lot. Yeah. He's
0: outrun run Danica in Richard Petty Motorsports equipment when Danica has been at Stuart Haas racing. So you would expect that to be, you know, if he can do that and that stuff, he can do a lot in, in Stuart Haas racing stuff. So we'll see. I don't know if he'll be a championship contender. I don't think he'll compete for wins on a weekly basis. But you never know. I mean, this could be an opportunity that we'll sit back and look and go, wow, Eric roll is really performing well in that car. Um, and I think, again, to me, for him to be for it to be a success, he's going to have to be in the chase conversation, the playoff conversation every year he's in that car. 917-889-8280. Talking in circles. Clayton Cole, John Harlow with you tonight. Some other news, John, other crew chief news you could say, is Darian Grubb. Um, he is was officially announced as the crew chief of the number 24 car next year. Now, this five team that we have in 2017 will be the number 24 car renumbered next season. Uh, Chase Elliott's number 24 car team will be renumbered number nine next season. So it's a little confusing because the 24 will, will, will still stay at Hendrick Motorsports but it's going to be a completely different team next year. Darian Grubb's going to crew chief that. William Byron's going to be the driver next season. Um, we've, we all know that. Officially, it's Darian Grubb. And Grubb's you know, he was hired before Loudon as a crew chief to Casey Kane in the five car. We've seen a little bit of an up uptick up in performance, if I can talk, in Casey Kane's performance here recently. Uh, he's gotten, in the last... Five races, he's got four top 15 finishes and a 16th-place finish at Martinsville. So, yeah, it hasn't been great. But Kane's performed pretty well here recently. We've seen this team run okay at times. Uh, but I think Darian Grubb's the guy that they want to go for. He's a veteran guy in the, in the pit box. He knows how to handle young kids. And here he is now, William Byron's crew What do you make of that, John, for 2018?
1: I think Darian Grubb is a legit top-notch crew chief. Darian Grubb, to me, is almost like, you know how Todd Parrott made Michael McDowell better. I think Darian Grubb has that magic touch that whoever is driving that car, he can make them a little better. He won races with Jimmy Johnson, filling in with Chab Knauss was suspended. He won races with Casey Mears. He won races with Tony Stewart. He won races with Carl Edwards. He won, won races with Denny Hamlin. And... Darian Grubb knows how to get a car to go fast. He won a championship with Tony Stewart and they wound up winning five races after he effectively was fired. So, you know, no matter what, if Darian Grubb sit on top of a pit box, he's going to find a way to try to make that car go fast enough and try to make sure it wins.
0: No doubt about it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think, um, you know, Darian is a guy who, you know, he he seems to change some teams a lot. You know, especially with uh, changed drivers a lot. But he's had some success. You know, when you look at his career in the Cup Series, you know, it hasn't been anything, you know, to be disappointed in at all. He's got 23 wins in 292 races as a crew chief. Won two races with Carl Edwards as recently as 2015 at Joe Gibbs Racing. Won a race with Denny Hamlin in 2014. Uh, you know, his big years were with Denny and Tony Stewart when he won five races and won a championship, although he was a lame duck that year. Um, you know, so he's not a horrible crew chief, and, and I think with William Byron, a young kid, it's going be interesting to see how they mesh and how they go about things next year. Um, but it's, you know, Grubb spent a couple of years off the pit box working in the inner workings at Hendrick Motorsports since 2016. He's been there at Hendrick Motorsports. Um, so I think he knows internally what they're doing with these race cars, how they're building these race cars now. Um and it can only benefit William Byron to have a veteran guy like Darian Grubb up in the coochie. So very interesting move there, John, for sure. Um I think it's a great moment, calming we,
1: influence. Wait, before we go before ahead. we go forward, I think it's a great calming influence. I mean Tony Stewart is volatile on the radio. And Tony could bitch up a storm with nobody like nobody else and Darian would be on the box and go, ten We'll make the changes. I mean, he he stays calm all the time. Um, and when you get a young driver who is, is going to be his first time in cup equipment, and he's going to run into things he's never seen or dealt with before, and to have that calming influence on top of the box to say, ten four, the changes, we'll get it faster, we'll tighten it up, we'll loosen it up, we'll make sure that we get get you going faster, it's nice to have that calming influence behind you. If both of them have their hair on fire, nothing good comes of it.
0: For sure. Um, And absolutely, I think that is something that's, you know, when you look at a crew chief and driver relationship, I think the fans, myself included in this, I don't think we realize how just important that is. You got to have a good relationship. You got to understand each other. That's what it's, the, the difference can be, especially with now, with how close these cars run, with how tight the competition is. You know, every little thing matters. Every little thing adds up. And when you look at it that way, you say, okay, now it's time. You know, make sure we have the right crew chief with the right driver. And with William Byron, a guy who, a kid. I shouldn't even call him a guy. He's a kid for crying out loud. Um, who's been in Hendrick Motorsports here for. Last year, I'm sure he's worked with Darian Grubb. They've talked. They've got some, some um, you know, I'm sure they've they've planned for next season. They got some plans for next season, so they're they understand each other and they're going to be ready to go when 2018 Daytona hits. Um, another little interesting silly season news. As we're talking about that, is the announcement tomorrow from Richard Petty Motorsports. Richard Petty Motorsports is going to make an announcement of a manufacturer and sponsor at Texas Motor Speedway tomorrow with driver Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace was already announced as driver of the number 43 car last week, um, and there's been a lot of speculation as what well this team would do. I first thought, John, they were going to go to Richard Childress Racing uh, and being a Chevrolet camp. That was a, highly hot, you know, a hot rumor for a while uh, that they were going to go do that. Now it looks like they might be going toward the Toyota camp. I saw a picture on Reddit, and I don't know how true and how much you want to believe this, of Richard Petty, Mo- Richard Petty sitting on a car of a, sh- of a Toyota chassis. Um, there's rumors now they they're probably, they might go to Toyota, so I guess we're going to find out tomorrow. Um, but they could be replacing the number 7017, which, which will shut down at the end of the year. We all know that. Um, but what do you make of this? If they go... You know, this is kind of to me as far as Toyota because this is only something that's only popped up here in the last week. What do you make of this? If they go to Toyota, how big is this? I mean, they're going to be in Triad engines. If they go and they go to Toyota and they go to Triad engines, that is going to be the single biggest worst decision they have made in that organization's history, and I am confident in saying that. Triad has been everywhere they've gone – especially recently, they just can't compete in the mile-and-a-half tracks. They can't compete in, on super speedways. They're decent on the shorter tracks, but they're no, they, you're not going to compete in the mile-and-a-half or, or super speedways. Just not. Uh, BK Racing's improved their mile-and-a-half and a half of super speedway programs this year by going to Joey Arrington. In. So if you're with Motorsports, you have to get TRD engines, and I think that's what they're going to do. How big a move is this for them if they go to Toyota and get their TRD engines and get the same horsepower as Joe Gibbs Racing and Furniture Racing, I think that's a huge move.
1: I think it is a huge move. Uh, and as we talked on su- Sunday night after the race, it seems like triad, racing, triad engines are about ready to go away because a lot of the truck stuff that they work on is going to go by the wayside with the crate engine coming in. Um, I think it's a big move for Richard Petty Motorsports. Um, nobody thought the king would be in foreign equipment. Uh, even though most of the Toyotas are being manufactured in the United States these days, the ones that we uh, see on our roads. uh, Toyota's new headquarters is not in California. It's in Dallas. I mean, just outside of Dallas. It's in Fort Worth. So it's close to the track. Um, I think the capabilities there, because there's a whole set of chassis that Joe Gibbs gave to furniture row that need to be used. There's a whole set of engines that used to go to the 77 car that Toyota still has the ability to manufacture with TRD has the ability to manufacture. I think when you and I were talking about, is this a good move for Bubba to get in mediocre equipment at Richard Petty motorsports, it may have turned into, this is huge equipment and it's a phenomenal ride. And this is where Bubba has to show he's a top notch driver. He's been respectable in mediocre equipment, but the thing is, you look at Bubba's history. He came up in the Joe Gibbs camp, and he was there whenever they went to Toyota, and then he went and drove for Kyle Busch Motorsports, and there was no room at the inn for Toyota, but Toyota never said they had a problem with Bubba Wallace. They just couldn't find sponsorship for him at Joe Gibbs, and he went to Roush Fenway, drove their Xfinity ride, was respectable in it. He was respectable when he drove for Richard Petty Motorsports in mediocre equipment this year. This could be huge for Bubba Wallace. This will definitely be a you've got to match Eric Jones or there could be problems down the road.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked, you're right. We talked about it last week. And, and, you know, is this sort of a lateral move for him? I would have stayed in Xfinity, but if you're getting Toyota chassis uh, and. You're getting TRD engines. This is huge. I mean, huge is, is not the word. And, we're, again, we're going to find out tomorrow. We're going to find out a sponsor too. But, um, you know, you're right. I, think I put him in the same boat as Amarola. I think you have to look at it and say he's got to be in the conversation as far as playoffs are concerned. Because 77 was early in the year now. I think Eric Jones has underperformed this year. I think Eric Jones is going to be a superstar in this sport, but he's had a really tough year. He's, he's had made a lot of rookie mistakes. Perfect example is what happened at Kansas when he took out uh, half the field, basically spinning by himself. Um, now, he's going to be a good race car driver. There's no doubt about that. But that 77 wasn't the conversation for sure. I think now you look at it and you say, it's interesting because sort of a, a reunion of sorts. You know, he came through the ranks, like you said, with Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, This is a team that needed a boost. I think they needed financial income. They get it from whatever sponsor this is. And one of the best secrets in a garage area, because nobody's saying what the sponsor is, even if they have an idea. Uh, But Toyota has been known. We've talked about it at length on this show. They've been known to step up their game. Uh, If they want something, they go out and get it. You know whether it's development drivers, whether it's um, you know better an e- their own engine department, they go out and spend the money and make it happen. So even if this is a deal tomorrow that's now a sponsorship deal, even if it's a small you know eighteen twenty race deal, you look at it and say, well, they're going to get help from Toyota, and I don't think there's any doubt about that. Bubba Wallace is a marketable guy who used to be in their camp who got away because there just wasn't enough room. But this is an interesting scenario, too, John. I was talking to somebody about this as well, where RPM is going to have two, chass- two charters when this season ends. Uh, their charter is on lease, the 44 from last year. That charter is on lease to the number 32 team this year. And they're going to have to figure out something to do as far as what they're going to do with that 44 chassis. They can't lease it again. They're going to either have to race it or sell it. And they can race it by leasing out the number 43 chassis or charter from this year and running under the charter from the number 44 car. Now, they're going to take a financial hit to do that because the 43s run better in owner points than a 32 has this year. But still, the only reason why I bring that up is because this could be an opportunity where Toyota looks at it and says, We want to branch off and build a second car here, a third car here. And we talk about Christopher Bell, who's moving to the Xfinity Series next year with Joe Gibbs Racing full-time. If he runs really well this year and you can sell sponsorship to a second car at RPM, that is a perfect opportunity for Christopher Bell to hop in a car in the Cup Series. So all of a sudden we talk about this log jam and you bring another team into the fold. If this is indeed true, This is huge for Toyota as far as the future is concerned and branching off and getting a few more teams in there for their young kids as they develop.
1: Well, one of the things when you look at it, it kind of surprised me is Furniture Row has the ability, they have the shop, they have the size, they're performing really well with Eric Jones. Why have that car go to somewhere? I mean, that Toyota equipment go somewhere else. I mean, Barney Visser finally has a fully sponsored car in the 78 of Martin Truex Jr. because he kept the five-hour energy there. He's got Bass Pro Shops there. He's got the uh, auto owner's insurance there. So he's got 36 of the 38 races fully sponsored, which is unbelievable for Barney Visser how that team came from being the Kenny Wallace, I'm going to drive a couple races here and there, to what it's become. And... To have a teammate to Martin Truex out there, I mean, you've already got the um, infrastructure put in. If they're going to expand into a second team at Richard Petty Motorsports, and we've seen that team really not perform not that well with one car, let alone when they had two cars running, I would if I'm Toyota and I'm putting my backing behind it, I would have said, hey, Bubba, come over here to Furniture Row, and we'll take care of that 77. I don't know how they're going to expand or would they expand. I know they have that second charter. I think they'll sell the thing. I don't even know did Roger who Roger Penske bought his charter for for the 12 car. So yeah, we not yet. Yeah. There's still charters out there that need to be bought. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think if Bubba and Richard Petty... Motorsports go to Toyota. It's a win for them, especially if they're getting Gibbs chassis and TRD engines. But Bubba Wallace and Eric Almirola will be in the same boat next year. Both of them better perform.
0: Yes, I, I totally agree. Number seven, eight, eight, nine, eight, two, eight zero. More silly season talk, John. There's a couple of more. You know, a lot of things are, are starting to line up here. We're starting to see. You know. um uh, uh, the, answer of the, who was going to drive the 10 car which seemed like it was an answer that was never going to be a uh, question that was never going to be answered. We're starting to figure that out. Uh, the 43, they're starting to announce their plans. The 41, we're still kind of waiting on, but I think everybody assumes Kerr Bush is going to be back in that car. They're just waiting to see what Monster Energy does and waiting across the T's and about the I's. But let's talk about a driver who a lot of people uh, want to talk about. A lot of people know and that's Danica Patrick. Um, it's been rumored For a while, she's going to be out of the 10 car. It's been announced for a while she'll be out of the 10 car. Um, Right now, there's some rumors. You know, I heard at first she was going to go back to run for Richard Childress Racing uh, and drive a third car over there next season. Nothing official has been announced with that. Then this week, some rumors have popped up about Danica possibly moving to Dash Fenway in a third car there to be teammates with Trevor Bain and her boyfriend, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Um, where do you see her? She goes, do you think she's going to be driving a car next year or do you think she'll be on the outside looking in?
1: Well, here's the thing I don't understand is Danica has struggled with Stuart Haas racing. And she says, I want to be in a car that can win the other three cars at Stewart Haas racing in the past two years have won a race. Tony Stewart won a race last year in the season that he was pretty much checked out. Harvick and Kurt Busch have won races last year and this year. Harvick's won a championship since Danica was at Stewart Haas Racing. When, when she was there, Ryan Newman won races at Stewart Haas Racing. So everybody in the camp, other than Clint Boyer this year, and he will win a race soon because they've run well in that 14 car, everybody but her has won a race. And she goes out and says, I want to be in a car that can win races. Well, every other car in the shop wins a race, so I don't think it's the car. I think it might be the driver. And she says she wants to either be in the same type of equipment. Going to Richard Childress Racing or Roush Fenway Racing, I don't care what she says. It's a step backwards. And if it's just to say that I can still race... And I get the chance to go out there every Sunday. I don't know if it's NASCAR pushing for her to stay and NASCAR's pushing to find sponsorship. I mean, Roush Fenway does have that third charter that's coming back this year. That was at the uh, 37 car, but I don't know if either of them is beneficial to either team, unless she's bringing a pile of it, pile of, uh, Sponsorship money, and if she was bringing a pile of sponsorship money, she'd still be in the ten.
0: yeah, that's an interesting scenario I think you know this we're talking about a driver who and i roll, rolled off on Marola's stats before, and I said, you know he was with a smaller team, his stats still weren't very impressive on Marola. they're they're decent, but you know when you look at fifteen top spot, or yeah fifteen top five, ten finishes. Top five finishes, you're looking at it going, eh, that's okay, but it's it's not great. De'Age Patrick has seven top ten finishes and 187 starts at Stuart Haas Racing. Um, she's underperformed. There's no doubt about it. Now, I think Aspen Dental, the sponsorship, looks at her as very marketable, um, and maybe that's where she's going to get her money from if that's the case. But right now, nothing is official with her. Nothing has, um, you know, been announced as far as what she's going to do, but I, I don't think anything's going to happen there. Um, and even if she does, it's it's kind of a non-story. It's just Danica moving to, like you said, a lower ride where she's going to underperform again. Um, and I hate to say that, but that's true. So it's kind of a non-story as far as. She's not going to be able to. It's not like she's going to a ride to win races because she was already in that. Um, so she'll ride around next year, and 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 if if she does, that's great. I'd like to see her have success. I don't think she's going to. That's just the way I look at it. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. Talking in circles. Clayton Caldwell, John Harlow, with you tonight. John, I want to touch on a few things here. Xfinity Series. They announced. They had a little bit of an interesting news this week, announcing some rule changes for next season. Uh, the highlighted rule change, the most interesting of those changes, um, has come came with the fact that Michigan and Pocono will run on the would run with the same arrow package that the Xfinity Series ran with at Indianapolis this season. Uh, it was it was a drafting, a lot of drafting, a a very interesting package. I think they want to... I think this is where the goal might be here for more mile-and-a-half tracks. I think this is where NASCAR eventually wants to go with the mile-and-a-half program, but they want to have more than just one race underneath their belt. Next year, they're going to run three. Like I said, Pocono, Michigan, and Indianapolis. Um, So that's three more. What do you think about this package? And what do you think about bringing it to Michigan and Pocono?
1: Uh, I thought it was decent at Indianapolis this year. It wasn't anything to write home about because you still have the real flat, narrow turns. I mean, the front straight, the back straight at Indy, it was great because they were able to draft off each other. They were able to fan out. It'll be interesting to see in Michigan because Michigan is very wide, it's very fast, and it was recently repaved. So you can go and turn it into another Talladega except on a two-mile track where they're going two, three wide most of the time and be able to draft off each other, and it could turn into another pileup. Pocono, again, you've got the great big long front straightaway, but you've got – I mean, turn one, they could be able to probably make it through, but a lot of times if you're on the outside of turn one at Pocono, you're going in a wall, especially if you go to to the tunnel turn in turn two – you almost want to be one deep there. So you could end up having pileups going into turn two because everybody's trying to single get single file to go through the tunnel turn and turn three with it being as flat as it is. I don't know what you're going to pull off with that. So I know the air duct changes and I mean the restrictor plate. I just wish they'd take it off because it doesn't make a difference. I, I mean, I like the air duct changes to make it where it's tougher to drive and Um, it helps. It doesn't put the arrow push in as much as it does. But again, it's going to be one of those things that I have to see it to buy it. I think it's going to be make Michigan a better race, but I hope it doesn't make it into a Talladega.
0: Yeah. And it just kind of points to the fact that what junior is talking about Dale Junior, and a lot of other people were talking about this week, but we need more short tracks. Um, And I think the problem is, we haven't found the ideal package on a mile-and-a-half track in a long time. Uh, you know, really since the Gen 5 car, that car really ran good on, on the mile-and-a-half. So those are our bread and butter, and people really liked watching those races because they were entertaining. Since we've gone to the COT, it's been a lot, they've been very lackluster for whatever the reason, uh, and we have them in multiple divisions now. The truck series runs on more mile-and-a-half tracks than they do short tracks, which is a crime. In my opinion, the Xfinity series the same way. The Xfinity Series doesn't even run Martinsville, yeah, they run Iowa but but that's a different short track than Martinsville. Um, so i I think they're looking at this as sort of a well, maybe we can fix mask the problem at these mile and a half tracks where we've talked about nauseam about this on our show where Dale Juniors come out and said, "Hey, I want more short tracks, I want more short tracks and i and I somebody asks me all the time. Why doesn't NASCAR listen? I said, they are listening. But there's nothing, you know, they're not going to do it because of the fact of the racetracks. The racetracks are in control of all this. The IS, ISC and SMI, and they're not going to sit there and put millions and millions of dollars into a racetrack for one week of one one event um, and then take a date away from it just for the betterment of the sport. They're not going to do that. It doesn't make sense for them to do that. So the monopoly that is SMI, the monopoly that is ISC really, really, really hurts that. Um, so, and again, I would love to see short tracks. I'd love to see the Xfinity Series back at South Boston. I'd love to see Xfinity, Xfinity Series back at the old Nashville Fairgrounds. i like to see trucks running up those places, but it's just not going to happen because these multi-million dollar corporations aren't going to take less money, uh, and they're in control of the, of the racetracks. And basically... NASCAR and IAC are basically the same people, and they run the sport. So we have to think of all other alternatives. And I think that's what people need to come to grips with is, yeah, short tracks would be great, but we need to come up with other alternatives. And I think that's where NASCAR is going with this, where they're coming up with another alternative. Well, they're not going to get a short track, so how do we make our mile-and-a-half program more interesting? My opinion is, open up the rule book, opinion is, Let's make a package that makes it a lot more drafting and every track looks the same like a, a, a restrictor plate. Um, the package at Indianapolis was very interesting this year, a lot more interesting than we've seen in Indianapolis, but Indianapolis is a bore.
2: Uh, I would love, Again,
0: we'd like to see him leave Indianapolis to so go to IRP, not going to happen. We'd like to see him leave Michigan. Uh, the Expanded Series hasn't run a Pocono. This is the first year that ran a Pocono the last two years ever. So it's just. I think, John, this is the start of masking a problem that the sport has with these mile-and-a-half tracks and trying to, to make, make these races more interesting.
1: Well, the one, one of the things um, when it comes to the short tracks, I mean, we've had some really, really good short tracks in NASCAR that have gone away. Um, Rockingham, North Wilkesboro, the Milwaukee Mile. Those were three really good short tracks with really good racing. Rockingham seats 60,000. And I was there for the last cup race at Rockingham. And I think there was maybe 35,000 in the stands. So it's about two thirds full at best. Mile and a half track seats 90, 90 to a hundred thousand. And if it's, two-thirds full. You've got double the income than you do with a short track that's only two-thirds full. And I think part of it is the crowds have not been there. The last time I was at the Milwaukee Mile for a Xfinity race, back when they still ran out there, I was living in Milwaukee. And the Milwaukee County Fairgrounds seats 35,000. And I, if there was 15,000 at best there, that was a stretch. So if you're going to run somewhere, you better pack the stands because if you're doing half of the Milwaukee Mile compared to half of Charlotte, Charlotte halfway full is three times the amount of people that showed up at Milwaukee. So that's the problem. I mean, and the other the other thing whenever you said about the uh, mile and a half package, the first year they had the Gen 6 car out, the racing was phenomenal everywhere that was the one of the best seasons of racing we've had in years but then they started tinkering with it that's when they put the tapered spacer on the next year and they didn't have the horsepower to pass if you take the tapered spacer off of it and let them have the horses they need to do what they need to do you can pass except that i mean the tapered spacer stops you from i mean it basically kills the engine when you hit a certain spot and takes the air out of it. So you have to do different things to get your car to go, and it makes it more aerodependent instead of letting them have the horsepower and let them go. And if we went back to the original rules of the Gen 6 car for next year, I can promise you the racing will be 10 times better than it is this year.
0: Yeah. Listen, I think we can all debate on what would make the mile-and-a-half programs a little bit better as far as full packages is concerned uh, because we've seen it. We saw it you know, through the 90s and 2000s where the racing wasn't horrible on these racetracks. Sure, you got some, some snooze tests mixed in with it, but the overall product was pretty good. Now, maybe we had a little bit different variety of racetracks and that's the problem. But, you know, I point to what you say about Milwaukee and I tell, I, I'll i tell you right now, you're going to sit there and tell me that the Xfinity Series race at Michigan is going to sell more tickets than an Xfinity Series race at Milwaukee this year? Not a chance. I mean, we have seen Xfinity Series races where it looks like, you know, somebody said in the grandstand that the grandstands are going to fall down if one person went up there and there's nobody there. Seriously, nobody there. And it's sad in a way. Um, so, you know, we've kind of come down where, it doesn't really matter as far as how many people show up to these races anymore because of the television deal. I think these racetracks understand that and we need to make this product a little bit better on television. And I think that was part of the reason why we, we have the stages Uh, part of the reason why, um, you know, the TV money's the TV gets what they want. They're the, they're the, the company that they're, they're the financial right now institution that is putting money into this sport more than anything, uh, and these racetracks are reaping the benefits from it. ISC and SMI are reaping the benefits from it immensely, um, and I don't think they want to take up take that hit, you know, and and let your competitors um, gain any of that money. Now, Gateway was added in the Truck Series a couple. Of, couple of years ago when we've run there the last two years and they've had some great crowds and everybody's the racing's been phenomenal there so it can be done but they had to add a race they didn't take a date away from a place they just added a 23rd race to the Xfinity Series schedule to go to Gateway so it's a hard swallow for these these big money companies to lose uh, a date so Listen, at the end of the day, John, I think um, it's this package is good. I just hope we don't get to a point where we get bored of seeing the same thing over and over and over again with the same package here, where if they institute this in the Xfinity Series and it's a success at Michigan, a success at Pocono, will we see it in the Cup Series? Will we see it at all mile well, half tracks eventually? Then we're going to see it everywhere, I don't like the sport becoming so, you know, basically looking at it and saying it's, it's, it's a one-dimensional sport where we do the same thing every week. I like the variety. I even like mile-and-a-half tracks, but I just don't like it as much. I, don't, I think we need to just take four mile-and-a-half races away, and I think we'll be in great shape. Um, but that's just my opinion on it. But I, I don't want to see the sport go to that, and I think eventually that's what we're going to
1: do. I don't disagree with you there. I think um, NASCAR has kind of painted himself in a box because of the amount of engineering that goes into everything and the way they've tried to create a package to try to make everything, try to make it better through engineering, not from creativity. And NASCAR was built on creativity.
0: Absolutely, I can't agree more. I think it's, um, you know, the ingenuity of the crew chiefs, the ingenuity of the teams, is completely gone. Nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. Here on Talking Circles, you want to join the show, like
2: Lee in Virginia. Hello, Lee. What do you want to talk about tonight? Well, I'll talk about the Richard Petty Motorsports and the silly season stuff. Okay, great. So, uh, uh, I was like you. What I about? Was like you, what, about this, Go ahead. what about this? What Richard about this Richard Petty what? Motorsports stuff
0: that you'd like to see? Uh, that you like to talk about. What do you what do you what about Rich Faye
2: Motorsports? Well, I was listening to you guys before talk about it and I I agree with John. I think it's pretty convenient here that they're making a sponsor announcement and a and a um a manufacturer announcement tomorrow at Texas Motor Speedway where the Toyota headquarters are and then we saw that picture today of it with a Toyota symbol on their on the car with the sponsor that they have coming aboard. So um to me, I'm looking at it going, okay, well, this is exactly what, they're wait, what we're waiting for. This is exactly what the what the manufacturer is going to be. Now, I always thought for a long time that it was going to be Chevrolet. I've been hearing Richard Childress Racing and Chevrolet for a long time, but I'm like, if that was the case, why would they wait till this Friday to make the manufacturer announcement? And it makes sense that it might be Toyota. If they're going to get TRD engines, which it sounds like they will because triad engines are – not even worth making a switch for not even worth bringing getting your Ford chassis out of there. Um, and I think it's pretty obvious now too that they're not going to be with Ford because Carl Long posted on his Facebook page yesterday or the other day that he had bought a super speedway car from Richard Petty Motorsports and it was a Richard Petty Motorsports Smithfield Ford car. So I think it's pretty clear at that point that, you know, they're not going to be running Fords next year. Um, but for sure, they were going to Chevrolet. I guess they've struck a deal here with Toyota, and it's kind of a rekindling here with Bubba Wallace coming back to Toyota with the Richard Petty Motorsports Group. So uh, we'll see how they can run. If they, you know, if they can run like the '78 does, I think that's interesting. You mentioned John Clayton. You did mention the '77 deal. Why don't I put, just put, just put Bubba in there because I think NASCAR wants to have some sort of special identity with Richard Petty keeping Richard De Petty and the King and putting the first African-American driver since full-time driver since 1971 in with Richard Petty will help sell that and will help bolster that even more than it already is has been.
1: No, oh, I, I don't agree. disagree I with that. Lee. I, th- I think you're right on the money with that Lee. Um, Richard Petty goes back with the France family longer than Brian's been in existence and more than Lisa France Kennedy's been existence. I mean, R- Richard Petty and the France family go back to um, Big Bill starting the whole sport. And I think they want to make sure that the King stays in business as long as he wants to be there. And I mean, in reality, the only thing Richard Petty, of Richard Petty Motorsports is his name and his marketability. Uh, Andrew Merstein in reality is Richard Petty Motorsports, but he likes having the king there to be the um, face of the franchise, if you would. And having Bubba in that car will be a good thing. The question is how much is Richard Petty Motorsports able to invest in the people that need to make that car go fast? Because you look, whenever Barney Visser put that 77 team together, he did it in a partnership with Joe Gibbs racing. And a lot of the people who made that 77 team came from Joe Gibbs racing. Um, the crew chief for Eric Jones is going back with Eric Jones to the 20 car. Um, I wonder how much of it where Richard Petty's going to be able to invest and get the crew that's needed, get the people in the shop that's needed. Um, are they going to invest like furniture road did where they get Joe Gibbs chassis, they get TRD engines. They have the same stuff that Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Matt Kenseth and uh, Daniel Suarez have right now and they beat him with it because they're re-engineering everything they get back in the shop and finding a way to make it better than what they get. it.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, it's a good move for Toyota. Like I said, Lee, I talked about this earlier, I don't know if you heard it, but like the aspect of adding another team to that fold where this is a team that it's been a two-car team in the past. They know the resources of it. They can expand. They've been a three-car team. Richard Petty has run a three-car team in the past uh, and a four-car team at a time. So this could be an opportunity where if they give TRD engines to this team, uh, and they've only had six. they only TRD's really only uh, hosted up to six teams, really. That's been their max. Uh, but do you think this is an opportunity where, Let's talk about Christopher Bell, a guy – a kid who I think is on on the fast lane to the Cup series. Um, Do you think this is an opportunity for maybe Toyota to grow a little bit?
2: Well, I think maybe that's what they're trying to do. I think, you know, they've been with six, and that's been their number for a long time. But I think they're looking to try and, and, you know, add more as they can go because they are running into an issue here with, with the maximum of six, with losing some of these young drivers, you know, William Byron saw an easier path at a cup series with Hendrick Motorsports than he did with Joe Gibbs Racing, and so he decided to go to Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, I think that's part of the reason why they lost Bo Wallace. They had to cut Matt Kenseth out of the fold this year because, you know, Eric Jones needed a good ride with Joe Gibbs Racing because if he didn't, uh, if they didn't cut Kenseth out of the fold, Jones probably would have been plucked and gone somewhere else. So, they need to keep a a kid like Christopher Bell in the mix, absolutely. And so, you know Barney Visser this year when he was talking about getting rid of the 77 car um said you know we're not closing out the second team you know we're just shutting it down for a year basically and it it'll it'll come back whenever we want it to and they can buy a charter because they're going for about a dime a dozen right now literally so um I think it's an opportunity for them to expand and and listen for supplies engines to a number of teams. And they also, and so does Chevrolet with Hendrick and Childress and in all of those engine departments, there are different tiers of engines where, you know, Roush has tier ones, you know, and then so-and-so buys tier two. And then I, you know, the 32 car has like tier 65 from Roush. So each one of them has a different tier package of engines well maybe Toyota's gonna to try and looking to do something like that where hey you're gonna get a tier two engine. Maybe Richard Petty Motorsports gets tier two engines from tri- Toyota Racing Development and uh you know they're they're gonna merge Triad with their with their program and you know try and add another engine department there and just say, Hey or another, you know, another group that can build engines there and just say, Hey, we're gonna expand our program here and it may not be as successful as the big ones, but at least they can add people to the fold like Bubba Wallace.
1: Well, I think they have to, like we were saying about it, we they have to find a place for Christopher Bell here really soon because Christopher Bell has showed in the truck series this year, he's locked on. He won a race in the Xfinity series by putting a slide job on Eric Jones, which kind of ticked him off. And Christopher Bell, a lot of times when he drives a sprint car, he's driving the number 14 sprint car for Tony Stewart Racing. I don't think Kurt Busch is long for Tony Stewart race or Stewart Haas racing. I mean, he may sign a two, maybe a two-year deal. I don't know how long they're going to try to keep Kurt, but I think if Eric Jones doesn't find a way in a Toyota, I can almost guarantee you Tony Stewart would pluck him up so fast your head would spin.
0: Yeah. And, and not only that, you know, there's guys out there who are getting into the old along and a tooth there. And, you know, I, I point to the one car at Ganassi. I think McMurray's done a good job there, but how long can you keep McMurray there? Eventually, that's going to have to end, and if you can get a talent, a young talent like Christopher Bell in that fold, that's amazing. To go with Kyle Larson, that'd be an absolute amazing, amazing signing for Chip Ganassi if they can do that. So, absolutely. Not only that, not only do you have Christopher Bell, you got Todd Gilliland, who a lot of people like, won uh, both championships in the West and East this year. You have Harrison Burton down the road a little bit. And who knows what they got next year and years after that. So, listen, and they put, and it's not going away because they put so much money in accomplished motorsports. So they got, you know, Gregson, uh, Bentley, no, Gregson, Kyle Benton. He's got, not
2: anywhere near ready, but, yeah.
0: No. Right, no, they're not ready for sure, but I think they look at these kids as the future. And if these kids get into an opportunity to where they can you know, where they do win some races and do put, you know, uh, do have some success, they're not going to go to Toyota because it's just so clogged there because they've got so many good young drivers over there at Joe Gibbs Racing, and then you got two who's Still got some years left in them over there at Furniture Row, and you wouldn't touch that team right now. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, they're going to have to figure out a way to get more teams in their camp. But I think bringing in RPM absolutely would be a way to do that. Lee, what are you hearing yeah. about? Um, we talked we'll talk about ahead. a little earlier. What are you hearing about Danica? Anything there at all? Uh, we hear some rumors about RCR. We've heard some rumors about Roush. What are you hearing about that?
2: Well, I you know, it was funny because I talked to somebody earlier this week, and he was like, oh, I heard Rash Fenway is looking and signing at Danica. And I went, oh, well, I haven't heard that at all. I've been here at RCR in the 27. And then that article came out about Danica, like right around that night or the, or the night after, and I said, well, that's who that – That's who my contact had spoken to, that guy, Jerry Jordan, the king of clickbait. Um, So, to me, I don't see any substance to that at all. I think that article is basically like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if she she went there? I don't see any substance there. Um, I don't think Roush Fenley is looking to expand to three cars. They've done a nice job. They've they've grown. You know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. made the playoffs, got through a couple of rounds. And I think they're pretty content with where they are right now. I think going to a third team, they, they know, would probably be silly to do that at this point. You know, if you run strong again next year, you build yourself up. We've seen less being more at this stage. You know, the 78 is going to be just fine. If they're a single car team next year, 43 can compete. If you, if you're have the right, you know, affiliates, you can, you can run as little cars as you want and be successful as long as you have the right affiliates. So, um, we'll see. I don't think the rash thing is going to happen. And I, I've heard that she had an offer on the table from Richard Childress racing and she was just waiting to sign it. So, we're kind of hope waiting for her, and I think NASCAR is hoping that she takes the deal. But I've heard Aspen Dental really, really likes her. They're not going to be back at Stewart House Racing next year, and maybe they can make a deal work with that. Where I'm sure the sponsorship for Aspen Dental, what they would pay, you know, would be would buy them more races at Richard Childress Racing than what it would buy them at Stewart House. So I think that's an opportunity there.
1: Hey Lee, the thing that I keep feeling sad about and really don't like the direction of the sport is here we are three races left in the season and we may be seeing Matt Kenseth's last three races
2: I think it's pretty I think it's pretty pretty safe bet at this point that these will be his final three races unless somebody gets hurt next year and needs to need to needs a fill in and they're willing to pay Matt Kenseth the money I think he could have taken a couple of rides this year I think he could have taken some rides that might, you know, the RCR, I think, you know, they got they had two cars in the playoffs. They got two wins this year. It's a good enough ride for him, in my opinion, but I don't think they'd be willing to ante up Matt Kenseth's money for a guy like Matt Kenseth. So uh, you may see him do what Greg Biffle did, not retire, but just go away. And I think we're going to see his final few races here in the cup level, which is a shame because he's a really strong driver and a great driver. Um, it's just the way the sport is right now.
0: Yes, it is. And it is a shame, absolutely. I think it's, one of the one of the gonna be one of the saddest stories when we realize that Kent is out of a ride. Lee, I wanna thank you for calling the show. Great job tonight, as always, and be sure to call back next week. Will do. Thank you. That's Lee in Virginia, there, John. Always a good call. Um, real quick, we're gonna preview Texas here real fast. Just all I want, John, is a winner and a dark horse. If you can give me them uh, right now.
1: Winner is. Martin Truex Jr., Dark Horse, Ryan Blaney.
0: Wow, good call. Okay, I'm going to go with the same winner. I think if you're a a knucklehead to pick against Truex right now in the mile-and-a-half program with how good that team has been, I'll take Truex. And my Dark Horse, just, because I don't think people would see him winning, winning this race, is Kevin Harvick. He sounded very confident in his race car, uh, very confident in his race team. They found some speed in the mile-and-a-half program. So keep an eye out. For that four team at Stewart House Racing. We'll see you after Texas Motor Speedway on Sunday, after the race at Texas Motor Speedway. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time.